Hello listeners and a very warm welcome to another episode of Field Notes, perhaps India's only podcast dedicated to uh, the business of agriculture. If you think we are not, do let us know. Do also let us know what you think of our show or if you would like to discuss any issue in particular or suggest people you'd like to hear on the show, you can tweet us at businessline and use uh, hashtag fieldnotes. Alternatively, uh, you can write to me at the email in the podcast description. My name is T.R. Vivek. Right then, moving on to the show at hand, uh, regular listeners might recall we had Dr. K. Srinivas, the former CEO of AIDEA, uh, the Indian government's flagship technology and business incubator, talking about agri-entrepreneurship or agripreneurship. Um, this week, we have on the show Ruchit Garg, a uh, 42-year-old agripreneur who is the founder and CEO of this startup called uh, Harvesting. Um, Ruchit and his firm came into prominence uh, around, this, uh, around this time last Last year, when he used uh, social media to help farmers connect with consumers directly and uh, sell their produce when the supply chains were severely crippled by uh, COVID-19 lockdowns. Um, Ruchit is a, is a successful software professional and Silicon Valley entrepreneur. Uh, at Microsoft, he worked in the team that made the Xbox. He sold his Silicon Valley uh, startup for a tidy profit and decided to become an agripreneur in India. Uh, Ruchit, what in the name of God was wrong with, with you to try your hand at starting up in a sector considered the Waterloo of investor wealth? Aren't we all entrepreneurs crazy a little bit? <laughs> yeah, uh, Ruchit, uh, tell us a little more about your journey um, into becoming uh, an agripreneur. Uh, you've had a very successful uh, uh, career outside of, of the agri sector. As I said, you know, uh, uh, you were flying high uh, in your career as a software engineer in Microsoft and you started companies and sold them for, for in million dollar deals. So what brought you to India and why, why did you decide uh, agriculture? Yeah, great question. Thank you. Um, so I think something here is to do with my background. I, I, I come from very you know humble family wherein I was bicycling 30 kilometers a day to go to college. You know, my grandfather was a small farmer back then. So when I sold my previous company in about 2016, I had a little bit of money, name, fame in Silicon Valley. And I thought, you know, I was studying, I was looking for purpose. Um, and that's where I realized that, you know, I wanted to do something which is not only is very profitable, but should have a real meaning on the ground. Like I was seeing so much money going on to things which doesn't really change the fundamental of human lives, right? You no know, food and water and poverty. That's where not most of the dollars were going. And I thought, you know, that's not something I want to do. And that's where the journey started about in 2016 for me. Okay. 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 Um, uh, Ruchit, what is, what is harvesting? You know, um, is it an agri-finance company, uh, you know, where you make credit easier for farmers? Uh, or are you in the business of intermediation of bringing to, together consumers and farmers? Because, because that, that, that's been the face of uh, harvesting uh, for people who follow you on social media. Correct. So <clears throat> when I started in 2016, our vision was how can we build an agriculture intelligence engine which mm -hmm. can respond to, which can tell us where is the crop, what is the crop, and how much is the crop in, in that acre land. 
because if you have that fundamental unit of agriculture then i could drive insurance i could drive loans i could drive entire commodity market uh, because if you see the problems in the agriculture smallholder farmer space is there are three major problems one is access to market access to financial tools and access to inputs which are quality and affordable and mm -hmm. all of these problems are related by one common thread which is information asymmetry so we wanted to build this sort of for the lack of the better words google maps for agriculture wherein if i could throw a dart on the globe wherever that dart lands the machine should tell us anything and everything about the farmland mm -hmm. um and there could be a lot of use case for those data sets and mm -hmm. we decided that okay the first use case we want to work towards is uh helping farmer get loans by using the data building the credit scores and so forth so that was our initial avatar uh, we did some work in african countries in southeast asian countries like myanmar um however we realized that although we were able to bring efficiencies to the institutions we were working with deploying the data or data driven services uh, we had this feeling that the efficiency was not going to get translated into farmers up upliftment you know probably that organization is just going to keep that 15 20% efficiency bought by our tools within themselves and that was not acceptable for me uh as a founder because our goal was to help uplift the smallholder farmers so that's when we decided to pack our bags from silicon valley i moved my family my kids everything and moved to india just about less than 2 years ago and started building the network of farmers helping them connect to the buyers mm -hmm. uh, and how difficult a process was that you know as you said uh, you're not from a traditional uh, agriculture family and uh, you know you've not been an industry related to agriculture and, and then suddenly to pack your bags and come here and you know it it, it is a really really tough place uh, you know to build human networks across the agri chain uh, that has been the stumbling block for a lot of companies uh, you know who wish to work with with indian farmers so what gave you the confidence to do that and uh, how successful have you been so far in doing that uh, i think uh, i had this confidence that we could do it i think that's how we could define it um we didn't i didn't knew that we will see so much uh, attention last year what we got but mm -hmm. there is always this belief that the intent is right we are working hard towards a problem which has not been solved so i think if we work and continue to work hard on the problem one day the door will open and i think i could see the light towards the end of this you know tunnel i can say that uh, what differentiates uh, harvesting from from other companies uh, which are in the uh, you know supply chain space you know for instance there is ninja cart uh, you know in the farm to fork space you know or or there is a chennai based company called waycool uh, okay. you know who, who are also in the business of you know connecting the demand and supply uh, or farmers produce to consumers in the city uh, what differentiates how is harvesting different yeah so uh, yeah as you said there are a lot of different shapes forms and factors 
where people are trying to solve this problem. India is a massive agriculture country. We produce about $275 billion of crops. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vekul and uh, Ninja Cart and Agri Bazaar and a lot of these folks are doing wonderful jobs. Um, the way we see it is, uh, again, we have to do probably one by one comparison to really, you know, differentiate and explain. But mm-hmm. I am currently, we are able to connect farmers from 22 states. Mm-hmm. And we are delivering product in 26 cities. Okay. And if you could compare, none of the players are able to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Uh, although we are very small in terms of volume, but that difference, that's a huge differentiation between their working model or business model, right? Okay. So for example, okay. if you look at Ninja Card, if I am correct, they're probably in seven to eight cities. Uh, they are buying in bulk from the farmers and selling in bulk to businesses um, in seven cities. However, if you see how the, the way we are envisioning and we will learn, we'll experiment is to build this distributed supply chain with as many little nodes in between as possible. So I'll give an example. If you go today to hfnmundi.com and place an order for Joha rice mm-hmm. that order actually gets fulfilled by an FPO in Meghalaya. Okay. And that's a very different model than, okay, let's buy the product, get mm-hmm. it in the warehouse, clean it, pack it, sort it, either give to the consumers or give it to businesses. The way we are envisioning this is can farmer or group of farmers directly do the branding packing and fulfill the orders we would generate for them on our marketplace okay so would it be fair to say that you you are more of a boutique player uh, in in the chain uh, where where you could connect uh, you know small farmers with uh, you know specialized produce um, to urban demand i wouldn't say boutique because we are selling watermelon we are selling mangoes um, we are selling you know special items like saffron as well uh, we are right now about to airlift cherries from growers in Kashmir uh, and we'll be delivering in Bangalore. And I think that our cherries would be the freshest and most cheapest cherries in the Bangalore. Um, So I wouldn't say we are just dealing with boutique. Uh, It's just the way we are operating right now. And and for all we know, we may end up becoming, you know, some of these players, we will realize this isn't working, but that's how we are operating right now. No, I asked you that question because, you know, uh, uh, following you on social media, uh, one sees a lot of uh, messaging about, you know, as you mentioned, uh, uh, some uh, specialty rice from, you know, a far flung corner of India or cherries from uh, uh, Kashmir or, mm-hmm. or uh, Lokadong uh, uh, turmeric from, from Manipur. Uh, so which is why I was, I was wondering if, you know, that is that is the USP of, of harvesting. So I definitely see when we see a lot of consumer attracting towards those kind of propositions. Um, however, having said that, we are also selling ginger. We sold, we helped Meghalaya tribal farmers sell 20,000 kilos of ginger to a South African buyer. We helped sell 20,000 kilos of you know banana to a buyer in Dubai. So it's just that you see a lot of those messaging on Twitter because that's what attracts a lot of people online 
but mm-hmm. you know we we have buyers buying watermelon and ginger and banana like commodities as well okay okay uh, uh, you know uh, explain to us how you identify uh, you know both both the uh, supplier and the and the global in some cases your buyers are global as you mentioned right. so uh, how how do you identify both the supplier and the buyer so so far it's all word of mouth for us um you know we have published a whatsapp number for farmers as well as buyers okay. uh, so anybody and everybody who is wanting to buy or selling can reach out to us on the separate lines of whatsapp mm-hmm. uh, and we sort of onboard them through the process so for example we have this farmer support line where it's a multilingual whatsapp support line where farmer can Uh, we gather information about what they want to sell we analyze we call the farmer collect the data pictures videos and then we broadcast it to the buyer network similarly when buyer onboards with us we know who they are what they want to buy so forth and in between buyer and seller we have software working so i come from as you said xbox right so i am applying my matchmaking software skills and saying okay if a buyer in ludhiana wants to buy cherry tomatoes of 10000 kilos who in the nearest vicinity who we can ping and get them product as fast as possible and software can do this very efficiently and very fast and how do you manage your logistics you know because in agri uh, that is the most critical part and you know which which uh, drives up prices you know um, no matter what you do you know it is quite price uh, inelastic too uh say for instance transporting uh, onions from from nasik in maharashtra you know no matter what you do you really can't crunch the prices beyond a point the trucking cost or the warehousing and handling costs um so how do you how do you manage that you know for uh, even say smaller uh, uh, bunches of produce as as you mentioned so how do you tackle the supply chain challenges yeah that's a great question and i think as a company we would continue to sort of figure out how we would optimize for logistics that is the biggest cost in operation um some of the innovation we are doing is like when we do retail sell individual families buying 1 kilo 2 kilos cherries avocados uh, mm-hmm. is a concept uh, we has brought forward called community buying so mm-hmm. if you think you know bangalore hyderabad we have high rises with 200 300 5000 you know uh, people living in a small area and using software we are trying to bring the demand as clubbing we are clubbing the demand into wholesale so if 200 flats wanting to buy 2 kilos of potatoes or cherries mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. you know 400 kg order okay so if we could devise our offering in a way that these retail orders becomes a wholesale order and we can bring the same product at 50% discount i think mm-hmm. a lot of indian consumer would want to wait couple of days to get 50% off um so we call this community buying we are experimenting this in bangalore and we see a lot of you know uh, good results coming out of it so that's one so one like, way we are you know optimizing it for logistics so it's like like the mirror image of the fpo model at the producer side you know to have collectivized buying uh, at, you know uh, at, at 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 the retail side correct correct so i i don't know what's the equivalent here but you know you can see this is a costco uh, maybe in india is called metro uh, where which where you go buy in bulk and we are adding some gamif- gamification on top of it mm mm-hmm. 
but how successful have you been with that you know because uh, it's it's not always predictable right to get a bunch of people wanting the same thing in uh, uh, in a geographic vicinity you know or in an apartment block uh, uh, you know predicting the demand for say uh, you know 500 kilograms of mangoes correct so it's not it's, it's something we are we haven't figured out fully yet mm-hmm. um what is exciting is people are referring to each other to buy the product mm-hmm. and what is also exciting is when they may be coming in for mangoes but placing order for cherries and five other different things so that increases mm-hmm. the basket size for us mm-hmm. that also improves the you know logistic cost per item for us mm-hmm. um it's not predictable yet we haven't spent a lot of time figuring out that as well we are very small uh, mm. right now goal is to you know see how efficiently we can move uh, the products we have in the hand to people okay. yeah uh rujit give us a sense of the scale so far you know in the last one year how much uh, you know transaction would you have done on your platforms you know give us a size of the merchandise sure uh, sure sure so in in about 12 months uh, farmers in india have listed over 60 million us dollar worth of crops mm-hmm. on our platform just whatsapping us um we have at least 3x demand coming in through website through whatsapp mm-hmm. some of them we are able to fulfill some of them we couldn't fulfill because of covid and other mm-hmm. situations um and we have at least enabled a million dollar sale uh through the platform okay okay um, you know which uh, is a lot of um, uh, the 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 messages that i see from farmers addressed to you on uh, on twitter they kind of seem uh, like you know sos calls that hey right. i i have not been able to liquidate this stock you know can you come and save me you know it, it seems like a 11th hour call uh would yes. it be fair to say that most of you, the approaches that you get uh, are of this category you know because they would have exhausted their options elsewhere through traditional channels we we do get a lot of such calls and we try best to do it uh and as you may have seen then i end up requesting all the leaders or journalists there saying you know please help us spread the word it doesn't help anybody like i i can i don't have a unlimited number of buyers as well right so if his crop is going to last just one more day or two more days is very difficult for anybody to sort of mobilize any buyer and how many buyers one could mobilize if there's a glut of watermelon or some other crop right so the best approach as i have been saying that okay we are an option and it's a very valid and a uh, very good option for farmers for various reasons but then help us educate you know bring this message to the farmers that there is a whatsapp channel where they can post they can potentially find buyers and it's all free for farmers there is no cost we don't don't charge any uh, anything to the farmers mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and i also see a lot of uh, sort of videos uh, you know that you that you post from the farmers is it are you are you trying to sort of build in some amount of storytelling you know uh, uh, to build an emotional connect uh, for the consumers with farmers definitely that's part of the our you know value prop so mm-hmm. 
we as a consumer or a wholesale buyer when we go out buying it we see the product we touch it feel it when we are doing online you miss all that part and for covid or for other reasons we are not able to go out now so what is the replacement replacement is alternatives which if we can do properly can help reduce some of those anxiety of unknownness right so in some cases we are also doing live video streaming from the farm where we have listed the mangoes and we bring the farmer live on the video from the farm and he just walk us through his farm and it's a beautiful experience because the buyers uh who are interested can see oh this is how the totapuri looks like this is how the alfonso looks like and gives more confidence to the buyer that okay if i am placing a 500 rupees order there's a genuine farmer behind it he's showing his crop crop looks beautiful let me go ahead uh, and and there are certain things which happens one obviously there's an emotional connect but also as a buyer you are able to you know see the product you are buying so mm-hmm. it 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 is a multi dimensional thing which helps solve us doing these innovative stuff okay okay uh, ruchit how how do you plan to um, uh, scale up harvesting and uh, uh, i believe uh, that you know you uh, you have a vision for making harvesting into a platform uh, a, a broader platform uh, offering a sort of whole spectrum of services both for consumers and the farmers um, so what are your plans and how do you intend to do that I mean, see, see, we see ourselves as a cooperatives of cooperatives, right? So we, for us, farmers are the main constituent, and we are bring helping them sell crop right now. Uh, when we are helping them sell crop, uh, as you could imagine, we are getting a lot of information about who they are, what they are selling, what their incomes may be, and that would help us tremendously bring new products. back to the farmer i can tell if there is a farmer growing watermelon i know we can help him buy a better fertilizer or pesticide for that product he is growing i also have data wherein i could help him get to better financial products uh, and and whole bunch of services uh, which these farmers could buy uh, by virtue of the information we have about the farmers selling on our platform right thanks a lot ruchit all right thank you uh thank you listeners until we meet next week goodbye and god bless mm-hmm.